Hold it right there, pal. Before you go busting into that courtroom like some hotshot ace attorney, I, Detective Dick Gumshoe, am legally obligated to inform you of the following rules and regulations regarding proper procedures and behavior in the court. So listen good, because I'm only going to say these once. First, the Dub Talk podcast contains strong language which might not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. So put the kiddos to bed already. Second, there is a strong possibility of spoilers for any and all anime to occur at any time. So don't come crying to me if you didn't already know that Snape killed Kaiser Soze's father or whatever. Finally, the views and opinions expressed in the following episode are those of the individuals participating in said episode and do not reflect the opinions of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Friendly FYI, whatever happens in the courtroom stays in the courtroom. So, with that all out of the way, you're free to go. Just watch yourself in there. No monkey business. As for me, I think I'm going to head back to the guard station. Maybe get myself a donut and some coffee. I wanted to steal Samurai's on yet. I hope I didn't miss it. Now, which way was it again? This place is so confused. I'm always getting lost. You figure someone will put up some signs or Court is now in session for the trial of the Dub Talk podcast. In this courtroom, we will try and convict the latest and greatest in English dubs. I am the Honorable Judge Stephanie presiding. Representing the state, we have lead prosecutor, Spaceman Hardy. The prosecution is ready, Your Honor. Representing the defense, we have defense attorney, Megan. The defense is ready, Your Honor. Now, I hope you two have completed a thorough investigation and are ready with your arguments in this case. Case number, I don't even know what episode number this is by the time we put this up. Ace Attorney as I break character. <clears throat> if you, the people of the jury, are unaware of the series, a brief case summary is as follows. I'm going to bullshit my way through this. Uh, based on the video game Never stop Cat Phoenix Wright. <laughs> Never stop. I know, right? Phoenix Wright bullshits his way out of a paper bag. Anyway, so based on the video game from Capcom, rookie, Ace, rookie defense attorney uh, Phoenix Wright fights for the truth and justice and for the people who can't defend themselves. And this series basically covers the first two games we're covering season one in general uh involving many trials and tribulations along the way and confronting many many foes including prosecutor miles edgeworth who is the best boy uh and as well as the von karma family winston payne and many others uh so <laughs> and somehow everybody and somehow everybody in the series is blind because at some point people get possessed and a small five-year-old girl gets jugs that look like two watermelons smacked <laughs> to a blow-up doll. True facts. And this uh, isn't I, I Can Believe It or Not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I want to um, punch the person at A1 Pictures who decided that's how boobs were animated. I know, right? No cleavage, no nothing. Like, what the fuck? Just Corp two melons. <laughs> but uh anyway yeah like, like two, two beach balls in a shirt disguise <laughs> or two gritties uh, slapped to your chest stop it <laughs> not, we're not talking about gritty again damn it <laughs> fuck you anyway <laughs> so He's just trying his best staff <laughs> i don't fucking care he just wants to love you i don't want him and to love me he just wants to love you and defend the city of philadelphia 
I don't give a shit. This is why I don't live in Philadelphia. <laughs> it's gritty but it's ever always done sunny to you. there. And oh, gritty. Not shut your whore mouth. <laughs> anyway. Holy shit, there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Steph, can so, I offer you an egg in these trying times? <laughs> Anyway, now that we've now that I've completely broken character, hi, I'm Stephanie. This is OG Night. Welcome to us talking about Ace Attorney season one, to be specific. Um, because, I'm Danny DeVee going out of my way to make gritty jokes. <laughs> uh, because it's good to start somewhere, and um, it's actually perfect timing for us to be covering the show because season two is currently simul dubbing right now. So I have been wanting to do to cover this one for a long ass time. <laughs> And it's like, oh my god, why have we not done I this think we, I think we had planned on covering this when, like, season part two was coming out on DVD and then we just forgot. Yeah, and then we were like, oh wait, this is perfect time. We're like, what are we going to do for OG Night for the fall this year? And then I looked and I was reminded on Annie chart. I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> Guys, I got Sadly, this. because someone won't let me do Token Rambu Hanamaru season two. No. <laughs> We're not talking about another 40 boys. First of all, one, there's only 12 added that season. Still. Point still stands. Anyway, so during this trial, we will be interviewing witnesses and submitting evidence in order to come to a final verdict with the dub of the series. Now, is the prosecution and defense ready? I know you already answered that question earlier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very good. Aw, so, he's out in the snow. It's so cute. Who is? Pretty. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked that question. Shit. <laughs> all right. So if we're all well and good, why don't we start the trial of Ace Attorney with the ADR director? There is an assistant director for an episode, so we'll briefly cover that. And we also have the script writer. So Ace Attorney is very, very interesting. Uh, mostly because of the game it's based off of. Because, as everybody probably knows, Phoenix Freitas Attorney is a pretty popular game that was brought over, what, mid-2000s, I think? Uh, and, I don't um, remember. Something like that. Mid-late mid 2000s. And um, there is a English localization or translation of the game um, with at least two characters having voice, been voice, having previous um, actors portraying them, those being uh, the title character Phoenix Wright as well as Miles Edgeworth for his spinoff game. Um, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. But there's a reason why I'm talking about the English localization and it will be brought up in a second. So, the ADR director for this series, Ace Attorney, is one Mr. Kyle Phillips, who has directed series such as The Ancient Magus Bride, Overlord, and Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Our assistant ADR director, only really for episode 19, uh, who is listed here is Tabitha Ray, who has also been the assistant director for series such as Clockwork Planet, Morose Mononokian, and Caught the Right Answer. And as for our script writer, we have Tyler Walker coming into play here, who has written scripts for Angels of Death, Ninja Slater, The Animation, and Is This a Zombie? So who wants to go first on their thoughts on the, direct the directing and writing of the show? I'll go first, Your Honor. <laughs> you may, You may proceed. Okay. Um, who is this loser director again? Uh, remind me. Uh, 
and I'm the kidding. The beef I'm... continues. <laughs> the feud continues. Hardy can't God trust a man it. who likes Whataburger. Yes. <laughs> Especially when there's an in and out just a few miles down the road. And what was? Didn't you take all the beer or something when we were at Funimation? I don't know what the fuck you did. Yeah, but it, no, no. I'm just Kyle's. A, Kyle's a great director. Um, oh, fantastic. As far as this particular series is concerned, I don't. I would like to know a time frame of when it was recorded, uh, because I've noticed that Kyle has gotten a lot better recently. Um, I have very mixed feelings about this dub in general because there are some roles and some voices mm-hmm. I really did like and a few others I was kind of iffy about. Okay. And so I was wondering if this may have been one of his earlier works. But um, as far as... It's a solid dub in general. Uh, as far as the script goes, um, I like how it is able to fit in a lot of the game's cheesy jokes and they yeah. don't sound forced. Um, Cause a, a, the game was full of them too, but, uh, and a lot of the humor from the game was basically came from quirks in the text itself. Like because the game was not voiced originally, uh, you had to translate the humor using uh, a lot of times, like, I think Salmonella, in fact, ha- he speaks almost entirely in, like, leet speak. And yes. so he goes to the points of actually pronouncing his, uh, like, ruffles and, and ruffled a mow. And, um, and I like how the script was able to sort of keep that sense of humor and bring it out uh, verbally. So, mm-hmm. um, directing-wise, it could be better. Script-wise was pretty spot on, in my opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Megan? So, I probably have the least amount of experience with Ace Attorney as a game. I own the first game. I've never beaten it. The only Ace Attorney game I've played all the way through and beaten is Ace Attorney Dual Destinies, which is, like, the sixth game in the series where, like, you mostly play as, like, Apollo and, uh... What the fuck is her name? Whatever the fuck Wendy Lee's character's name is. Because I can't remember her name, I just know it's Wendy Lee. Um, so, but I did know that Capcom themselves had made a lot of all the names are puns. All of the a lot of the names are puns. Uh, a lot of the jokes are based off of puns. But for some reason, it felt a little off-putting at times. Not because it was a bad choice, and it obviously I think is the choice that had to be made bringing this over to a Western audience as an anime because. So many people who have played the games are used to the name Phoenix Wright, not Phoenix's Japanese name. In fact, I think even Crunchyroll has two separate subtitle tracks. Yes. So that you can have, so that you can, if you want to watch it with the names Phoenix Wright and stuff and not the Japanese names, you can. But that being said, localization can't get over visual, visual notifications. Because one of the things I know from the playing the games is that Maya Faye likes burgers. But you can't say Maya wants to go get burgers or Maya thinks this burger is delicious when she is very clearly slurping down some ramen in front of her her face. So I don't think that's an issue they could have gotten around, but it did kind of bring me out of it a little bit. 
this is a show that if they had the time and money, I would like to have seen them do a dual, like a tri-language release in a sense where they could have had, hey, here's the version that you're used to if you're a fan of the games. This is Phoenix and Miles and all that. Hey, here's a version with all the Japanese names that's a lot more like strict to what someone in Japan's getting. And then obviously the subtitle track for people who, who like subbed anime. Um, I think the writing is pretty strong. I like a lot of the casting. I know a lot of people are really upset they didn't get the game cast back. Which is unfortunate. And I don't know the business side of it. I know in Japan, I don't think anybody... I don't think anybody from the original... The games cast... I know I can't say the original games because... From what our friend who absolutely loves Ace Attorney Got tells me... A lot of the voices in the original Ace Attorney were just Capcom employees. That's, oh, that's right, because it was just like one note burst, like hold it or take that. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it literally was like Capcom employees. Hell, the director of the game put his own fucking dog into it. <laughs> Rest in peace, Missile. You will be missed. He passed away this year. Aww. Rest cool. in peace, Missile. I mean, hell, they even got it in the anime. That was the dog that Miles takes in. Oh, uh, yeah! In a, that's Missile. That's Missile the, the dog. puppy! That's Missile! We Aww. love, everybody loves Missile. But, um, I really, I really, I like a lot of the casting. There's a couple of them that I felt were a little bit too over the top. Uh, there's one character, I'm just like, like, yeah, this is a really good performance. I can't knock it. It's a little bit too much of me hearing this actor and not this actor played by this ca this character played by this actor. But I'm going to take it immensely over the Japanese version because I don't agree with who they got for that in the Japanese. Uh oh. Um, I I have a lot of I like that actor a lot too, but I have a, a couple issues with him as an actor and and stuff. But um. I thought the writing was really funny when it needed to be. I felt like the show was going to be a lot funnier than it was based on my own preconceptions. But I've heard that from what Hardy said, because I haven't gotten to start season two yet, that season two is a little bit wilder with the writing. Oh, God. I haven't started season two yet either, actually. So uh, There's this one character in particular. I'm not going to spoil who it is, but I mean, the some of the alliterations and, and jokes that they had to write are just left me just floored be perfectly honest. I'm like, wow. God. Yeah. And it's, it's really not Godot, is it? It's not Godot. It's it's Luke okay. at me. But um Oh, I know who that is too. Okay. I know who plays him. Oh god. <laughs> That'll be but, fun uh, to watch. It's also interesting too because I think this is the this is a Tyler Walker written show, which mm -hmm. um he's going to be a writer more than he's going to be a director now. Yeah. He switched to full time yeah. writing as of this the air this this season airing. In fact, he passed over the reins to his baby, to Kyle. Oh, yes. He's, uh, he's still writing Fairy Tale, but he's no longer yeah. directing it. Directing it. Yep. Um, but overall, I think it's really solid. I will say that uh, there's a, a lot of... There's, like, one performance that really stands out to me, and it is for uh, the best boy. But we'll get to him Of course, it's the eventual. best boy. He's doing his best. <laughs> the best boy is doing In this his house, best. In this house, we love and respect Miles Edgeworth. Miles Edgeworth. <laughs> <laughs> and we also love and respect Francesca Von Karma. <laughs> I love Francesca Von Karma. Fight me. She's a good I don't girl. Like, I don't like Francesca. She's a bitch. We'll get She's... to that. We'll get to that eventually. So. We're going to fight about that. Anyway, go ahead, Steph, you fucking loser. <laughs> 
You're a fucking loser. You're a fucking loser who doesn't You're... love gritty. <laughs> You're a fucking loser who loves gritty. Order like and order, order, this. order in the court. <laughs> That's my job today. Order! I don't have a gavel. <laughs> um, okay. Fuck you, I get a free double stack from Wendy's tomorrow. Oh, wow. I want a free double stack from Wendy's. Come live in Tampa! Oh, yay! I'll anyway. book my first flight out there. I'll spend three hundred dollars on a flight ticket for a sandwich <laughs> that I can cost two dollars. <laughs> no, there's like a there's like a thing on there's like a thing on Twitter, and it's like congratulations. Uh, if the Tampa Bay Lightning get four goals or forces shutout, you get a free double stack with purchase. Nice. That's a thing. Yeah, we also get free Chick Fil A when we win home games. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So, I can kind of agree with both of you on different counts, on different points, but um, I know for me, and the reason, the big reason why I was bringing up the English localization before we even really got into the staffing of this show, was I really appreciate what they did with this. Because if you're very familiar, or if you're a fan or you're very familiar with the games... Um, I've actually have I actually never played the games before. I have seen playthroughs though. Um, some of the interesting character quirks and personalities in the English localization of the game are very interesting. <laughs> um, and what I can really appreciate with this dub in particular is the fact that what Kyle did was stay true to that localization of the game. Uh, for example, the two big examples I can think of here, Lotta Heart and uh, Max Galactica. Uh, Lotta Heart would be having the Southern Belle, Southern Drawl to her. Um, oh, I fucking love Lotta. Lotta's a great character. Uh, when in the game, you you don't, obviously, because she doesn't have a voice in the game, but you can clearly tell based on the translation, what they did with the character and the personality, it gave it that Southern twang kind of vibe to her. So I appreciate that. And then... <laughs> Fucking Max Galactica, who we're not going to talk about tonight. God damn it, Aaron Roberts. <laughs> but um, Oh, God, Max Galactica. Oh, God, please. Yeah, going from, like, gorgeous to, like, Billy Bob <laughs> in the redneck voice. Like, things like that. I really appreciate that what the direction that Kyle took was to stick with the localization of the game as much as humanly possible, despite some of the... Like Megan was saying, some of the visual stuff that you kind of do have to change, like Maya's love of burgers, because, hi, this is ramen. <laughs> but um, I really appreciate it a lot. I also love the fun little quips and jokes that happen with the script and everything like that. And I think, honestly, the cast is really solid. There's a really good mix of, well, non-actors, some relative newcomers or actors we don't really hear often enough. Um, and I think it has a really fun dynamic and a really fun balance. Especially, especially, I really like the dynamic between Phoenix and Miles. I think that's my favorite dynamic, that back and forth that the two of them will tend to have. That, and then when you occasionally throw Larry in the mix, it's a very diverse trio of characters. Uh, and I enjoy it a lot. But yeah, di directing-wise and writing-wise, I really enjoyed it. I got a kick out of it. Um, and I, and it reminds me that I really want to play the game. And it also makes me very, very happy that Steam is going to be releasing the games next year. And they better be Mac compatible. I'm going to be very upset. 
because I yeah. wanted to play these games forever. Yeah. But Are, isn't it coming to the PS4 and Switch as well? Yes, it is. Oh wow. Yes. Yeah. But, I can play it again. And, Yay. But the casual Vigi game player that I am, I only have Steam games. So. Uh, um, we're just gonna buy you a PS4 one day. No, you're not. No, you're not. Well, damn. Now what am I gonna do with this PS4? You keep the PS4 or sell it for money. I'm um, joking. I don't act. I have my own PS4 and I'm playing Spyro. <laughs> I know. Anyway, but yeah, I I think the dub is very solid. Um, there are obviously some small nitpicks here and there, but overall, in general, I have such a fun time with this show. Uh, I just I marathoned through in the past few days really i got halfway through the show after i got back from new york last weekend and then i just periodically watched like like three to six episodes in a couple nights so it it was definitely a lot of fun to watch and i and i had a fun time with the dub uh we ready to move on to our first set of characters yes let's do it uh, most of these characters tonight are going to be groups of two to three, minus, unless we run into time issues, uh, minus Phoenix and Miles. We're going to, as of now, we're going to talk about them individually. Uh, but our first trio of characters- Most people like to talk about them together. Oh my. Gee, I wonder why. It's like Tiger and Bunny all over again, the eternal (laughs) spring. (laughs) Ah! Anyway, so our first trio of characters, these three characters, um- they have pretty decent sized roles throughout the course of the series, um, with one in particular having a major motivation for Phoenix uh, as to why he became a lawyer in the first place. So we have, if it smells, it must be the butts. We have. <laughs> I was disappointed that line was never used. Um, so we have Larry Butts, uh, one of Phoenix's childhood friends, best friends, uh, who's an idiot. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna sugarcoat. Larry, Larry is Butts idiot. is an idiot. <laughs> yes, Larry Butts is an idiot. Causes a nice amount of trouble. And what's great is the first case in both the game and the series is Larry's murder trial. The tutorial, the tutorial's trial is Larry, Larry being accused of murder. <laughs> um, but... It's your first case ever. Get your friend out of murder. Yes. How to get away with murder. (laughs) See, that, kids, is why you feed the body to pigs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, I understood that reference. Oh, my God. Anyway, the other two characters, we have Miss Wendy Oldbag. She first appears during the Steel Samurai arc. She is a security security guard uh, for... The world's most unfortunate name. (laughs) Well, she is kind of... It is accurate. She is a Wendy Oldbag. She is. It's true. She she's a security guard for a for a um, production company, uh, and then I guess for a hotel later on in the series. I don't know how that works. Um, and she's very very much obsessed with certain actors as well. She edgy poo, edgy poo, <laughs> edgy the best part. Edgy words does not know what the fuck to do. <laughs> when like this I girl goes up nuts. this fucking bullshit. Like I, he's like I don't have time for this this horse shit. He's doing his best, damn it. And our fir- third character we're gonna discuss is Lotta Hart. Uh, we kind of briefly just dis- I, I kindly briefly talked about her a tiny bit before. Uh, Lotta is a photographer, a photojournalist, always looking for that big scoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, we She's also meet- very southern. 
we initially meet her uh, during the... Did we meet her during the DL6 incident? No. Yes. Yes. No, okay, no. We, the we DL6 incident is, is the trial that caused it. No, no, I'm. you know what I'm talking about, though. Yes, I know what you're talking about. We, we met her during the whole DL6 Von Karma fiasco, right? right? Yeah. Okay. And then she comes back say, later for the... Uh, yep, and then she comes out back later uh, during the Quran Village murder. During the second time we accuse Maya Faye of murder. Yup. Maya Faye gets accused a lot of murder. Uh, anyway. So Motherfucker the just wants that double stack. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Alright. So the individual is voicing these characters. As Larry Butts, we have Josh Martin, who has been in series such as One Piece, Kitty Grade, and if you are familiar with a little indie project called Dragon Ball Z. I heard it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now he... Sailor Moon and the Seven Balls, that's where it's at. <laughs> He's the voice of Majin Buu. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Lord. As Thank Wendy... you to all five people who got that joke. <laughs> As Wendy Oldbag. As I die over here. As Wendy Oldbag, and I'm calling horse shit on this, Anastasia Munoz. <laughs> I also call horse shit on this. Uh, she has been in series such as Allison Zoroku, Claymore, and Jormungand. And as Lotta Hart, we have Whitney Rogers, who has been in series such as Defrag, Prison School, and Hog and I. Hardy, can you go first? What are your thoughts on these three performances? I'd love to. Um, I'm not so familiar with Josh Martin, because I really don't watch the types of shows that he's been in. Neither um, do I. Yeah, but I think he was really fun to listen to as Larry. He has sort of that spastic, you know... Build me out, bro, sort of attitude, and uh, really brought it all to his character. Um, I was really impressed with Anastasia. I could hear it. I could tell it was her. Um, but that is not the type of voice that I imagined for that character. Um, because of... Okay. for I was going to bring this up eventually. Um, a few years ago, I was actually in a fun dub for to dub the games for uh, Phoenix Wright. I played a few characters. Uh, I played three for the first game and another character for one of the first... Um, see, we dubbed it out of order. Uh, so we did the Steel Samurai first. And then when we went back to do the first case, uh, I played another character. But that case never got finished and the fan dub eventually dissolved and we all went our separate ways. But we had fun with it while it lasted. Um... My good friend uh, Stephanie Gooch was the voice of Wendy Oldback, and she had more of this gruff, you know, yeah, really gruff, down and dirty sort of old lady voice. Uh, but she did the speed; she did the speed reading like really, really well, and it was kudos to her. She was fantastic, um, and so I was kind of, kind of wasn't expecting Anastasia to use this particular voice for Wendy. I expected more of like a lower. Uh, old lady type of voice, but I say I was really impressed, and I can't really tell if Anastasia really did the speed reading legit, if they had to speed it up using a process, but um, but yeah, it was one of the more entertaining uh, roles in this dub. Um, moving on to Lotta Hart, I first of all, before we get into the nitty gritty, 
<laughs> um, <laughs> he loves you. Did anyone else <laughs> besides me pick up on the Ray Stevens reference? No, I did not. No. Well, I have to say, yeah, I did. But anyways. Question. Is yeah. it the line is it the line where it's like some people call Southerners lazy, but we just like our downtime? No, it's the yeah I did part. Because that is no, I didn't. that's a lyric from the streak. Really? Yeah. Nope. Wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have gotten that either. Yeah. However, I... that line about Southern people liking their downtime is one of my favorite lines in the show. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that one caught me off guard. I guess I'm showing my true age here because I used to listen to Ray Stevens as a kid. But anyways, uh, that is she has one of the more unique accents. Um, I don't really think it's authentic Southern. It is very stereotypically Southern, which, you know, having family from Mississippi, it's not too uncommon to hear people actually talk like that. Uh, but uh, it's definitely it's definitely played for for dramatics it's definitely you know over over emphasized and uh i like the performance it's entertaining and uh that's really all i have to say okay, cool it's Megan. my turn so um it's really weird to talk about josh martin because i have seen i'm gonna be really mean right now i've unfortunately had to sit through some of the boo saga when i'm watching when I was home to be watching Toonami and Dragon Ball Z would come up there. I say unfortunately because the Boo Saga is fucking garbage. Um, then again, I think most of Dragon Ball Z is pretty garbage. So, but the thing is that Josh... <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> but the one thing is this. Josh Martin's Boo voice is so... And this is going to sound really mean. Really over-the-top cartoonish that it is nowhere near human. Like, I'm sorry... It's just, it's his, it's, he does it himself. I don't think they'd use any pitching and stuff on him. But the, the normal default Majin Buu voice is such a bad thing to equate, like, for somebody's, like, bass voice that I can't. That being said, I really liked him as Larry Butts. I thought Larry Butts sounded like the biggest loser ever, which is what he needed to sound like. But he could be badass every so often, and shout out, I think it was, who the fuck plays Baby Larry? I Baby don't Bo remember. Keep going, I'll answer that question for you. But, uh, yeah, because I really liked all of the Baby Larry, the Baby, uh, Edgeworth and Baby, um, Phoenix voices. But Larry, Larry sounded like the biggest putz in the world, which really works. And I think that works even better for when he gets to be a little bit heroic, like, um, where he tries to pose as Edgeworth. Oh my god, that was the greatest thing. When he's like, I he's like, I'm Miles Edgeworth, and everyone's like, no, you're you're not fooling anybody with that like dollar store wig, bitch. He wasn't even wearing a fucking wig. wig. It's great. It's like you ain't fooling anybody with your spirit Halloween costume. To answer the question about baby Larry Butts, uh, he's voiced by Stephanie Garrett. A lot of heart was fun. A lot of heart I know was a stereotypical Southern voice. Like it's it's like when I tried to do the Southern voice and tell you to go to uh my famous chain of slaughterhouses. Oh god, here we go. I forgot what it's called. It's been such time. I have amnesia Bandersnatch. My dad, Emilio Bandersnatch in his slaughterhouses. My amnesia, it's been cured. <laughs> Your well, dad gum. Well, dad gum. Shoot get my cousin. Well, dad gum, I'm gonna get my cousin to celebrate. 
Way from summer. that deep south. Oh, God. <laughs> We're going to make a star child. Oh, God. <laughs> I saw the clip of that last night. Remember, they so- don't have sex in conception. They just get very close and hug. What the fuck? Conception, Shinzo Abe, that's not going to help you increase the birth rate. <laughs> but no, Whitney was a lot of fun. It's also really weird to hear Whitney Rogers do that because I've met Whitney Rogers and her bass voice is very far from Lana's voice. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's a lot of fun too. I would lo- I would like to go drinking with Wendy Rogers. But man, Wendy Olbeg, holy shit, Anastasia Munoz. I had no idea it was her. I was like, who the fuck is this bitch? And I was like, oh my god, are you kidding me? Because again, in, in like my one of my favorite shows, Anastasia Munoz plays a little boy. And then she's like, she's like, this is probably going to come out. I think this is coming out before that show episode. Isn't she also uh, the uh, Rika's mom in um, Birdman? Is she? Hold on. No, I don't think I she is. No, I think it. I think it is her. Um, I know she's Rin's mom from Free. She's yeah, she's, she's Rika's mom in Birdman. Oh, okay. So it was really weird, and I I did expect it to be a I think a little bit older, but they I mean they called Wendy they her name is Wendy Oldbag, but they never like state she's like a grandma. She's probably in like her fifties or sixties, and there are some fifty and sixty year olds who don't sound like gruff old ladies or like grandma boys, where come get some cookies and sit on my lap while we watch It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, <laughs> I do wish I I want to watch the commentaries for this show because I think they do talk a lot about the technical aspects of it. To answer Hardy's question, I know because one of the things I asked about over Twitter is in regards to the the last case that you do in the anime, the stuff with uh, Shelley the Killer. Mm-hmm. Yes, was I asked if it was really hard for them to do the sync for the little radio because it moves like it has a mouth? And they said no, not really, and. Uh, one of the actresses in the show said, oh, yeah, we talk about that in the commentary for the last episode, how we did that. So hmm, interesting. There's also bloopers for the show and um, <laughs> fucking fucking Whitney Rogers <laughs> damn near melted her face off and she just starts laughing. Did you just dab? Dab. <laughs> Phoenix, did you just dab? Dab. I broke Miss Takami's face. What are you going to do? Cry to your mom like a little bitch? <laughs> We'll talk about that later, but go ahead, Steph. Yeah, um, similar to you guys, I had no clue who Josh Martin is. I initially thought he was a relative new guy who's maybe done a few background roles. And then I saw he was Majin Buu, and I'm like, okay, so we just don't hear him enough. (laughs) Okay, makes sense. Kind of like I was saying before with the directing and writing of the show, uh, Josh definitely brings a fun and diverse dynamic to the show uh not just as a comic relief kind of character uh but within the dynamic between him phoenix and miles he's definitely like the bro friend the good the good friend who is like a troublemaker and does a lot of stupid shit and it's fun watching josh interact with phoenix and miles uh, on those occasions, especially when they were little kids. Though granted, this is not on Josh's part, this is on Steph's part. Um, especially when the three of them were kids in that one episode. Uh, it was a lot of fun there. Yeah, and a lot of heart, a lot of heart, Whitney Rogers. 
the thing with Lotta Heart, in, and I mentioned this before, it's stuck to the game localization. And if, as far as I remember, the game localization kind of played up Lotta's southern, quote-unquote, southern attributes and personality a lot. Um, so I don't mind that in this case, Whitney does kind of go almost over the top with it. Uh, she does bring it in when, on, when it needs to, uh, but I do appreciate that. And she's <laughs> Lot is a fun character. She just and Whitney, you can tell, has so much fun with it. Um, and then we have Anastasia. At first, I couldn't tell it was her. Then I caught some twinges of Anastasia's usual tone of voice, and I'm like, okay, now I know. But I still called bullshit. I'm like, well, this is amazing, because. <laughs> As far as I know, if Anastasia hasn't played an old lady of this caliber before, <laughs> she's played like, like, like Megan was saying, the the mom kind of character. She's, she's played a decent amount of those, or the strong like the, the strong female characters, um, similar to what you normally see, like a Colleen Clinking Beard or a Stephanie Young kind of play. Anastasia got to, has gotten the chance to do a few of those too, and. I, I loved Wendy. I loved her the pieces. She's just this spunky old lady who loves who loves her some actors who for some reason keep getting killed all the fucking time. She's also and she also gives gumshoe donuts and coffee. She also gives Edgeworth a very difficult time. <laughs> oh Edgy Poo! And she's like, Why didn't you say anything to me? Edgeworth is so mad about it. He's so dumbfounded. Because it's one of the few times... I, I think I think it's the only time in the, in the series. I think it happens a bit more often in the game. It's one of the only times in the series where... You know that face he makes where he's like, What the actual fuck? Yeah. <laughs> the what the one, fuck face. The what the fuck face. I think the only times, at least in the show, that he did that face was when Wendy was involved. And she's holding out something, and he gets mad about it. No, there was a time when he did that to Shelly to kill her. That's another one I forgot. Because the killer was just like, nah, it ain't this one. It's this one. He's like, the fuck, bro? You told me something different. Anyway. But, yeah, these three, three performances are a lot of fun. Uh, Anastasia was definitely a huge surprise uh, among the three of them, though. And I, I, I love them all. Uh, are we ready to move on? Yes, please. Yes, yes Your Honor. <laughs> yes. All right, so the next two characters we're going to talk about. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Let's get the crop out. And the whips. Just talk sure. about my daughter. Just, just just, make sure we don't get shot. I say this because both of these motherfuckers got shot. In the shoulder! In the shoulder. Uh, we're going to talk about the Von Karmas. So we yeah, have... now we can get matching bullet tattoos. <laughs> God damn it. So we have Manfred von Karma. He is the king. Well, was he known as the... He was the, He was given the nickname King of Prosecutors, right? Something like that, yeah. He had Something never lost. Like that. He's never lost a case in his 40-year career. Uh, and he's... He becomes and then some little bitch named Phoenix Wright showed up. <laughs> yeah. And then he becomes an, a very essential character during the um, DL6 arc. DL6 where uh long long convoluted story where miles is put on trial for murder 
uh, for the murder of someone connected to an old cold case where Miles's dad was murdered uh, almost 15 years ago. And uh, Von- Manfred von Karma is a dickbag. He is a major dickbag. He's a major Manfred von Karma is a bad person. Yes. Very bad person. And he gets what he fucking deserves, which leads us to Francisca von Karma, who t- who who um who was studying in America to become a prosecutor. She is actually what? She's 16, 17 years old. She's about the She's same age. She's a good as girl. She's around the same age as Maya Faye, actually. Um, she is a genius prodigy prosecutor as well. Uh, and after her her father Side note, her dad is the actual killer in the DL6 incident. Gasp! Clutch the pearls! And is the the mastermind behind the murder of a defense attorney involved in the DL6 case. Side note. Miles dad. Yep. So, after Manfred von Karma is arrested and sent to jail, his daughter comes into play uh, to take revenge upon Phoenix Wright, but not for her dad's sake. No, no, no. Something else entirely. Um, and she's... She's very... I don't know. What's the best way to describe Francisca? A very troubled girl who was given access to a writing crop as a young child and may or may not have developed a complex revolving around smacking people to get what she wants. She probably needs a hug in a sippy... in a juice box. Probably. Sounds accurate. Give her- Give her a fucking sippy cup, Miles! Anyway, so the individuals voicing these characters. As Manfred von Karma, we have Bill Jenkins, who has been in series such as Joker Game, Overlord, and Star Blazers Space Battleship Yamato 2199, as well as 2202. And then we, as Francisca, we have Jessica Peterson, who has been in series such as Regalia, The Three Sacred Stars, Overlord, and... Can't believe I have to say this. Goblin Slayer. So sorry. She's the narrator. Why can't she narrate a good anime? Why can't good anime, constant good anime exist? And why do we have edgy shit? I don't even. I don't. I've only heard. I've I've heard very infamous things about Goblin Slayer at this point. How dare I not want like this good at ed- this this stupid edgy junk? How dare I? You are anyway. perfectly fine to watch to like and watch Goblin Slayer. A lot of us don't. Yeah. We're just being douche. We're just. We're just being douchebags. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, we're just kind of being assholes. But whoops. Anyway, mm-hmm. I don't anyway. think you're a bad person if you like Goblin Slayer. I do think you're a bad person if you're calling people names for being uncomfortable by it. There we go. Anyway, Hardy, how do you feel about Bill and Jessica's performances as the Von Karmas? I have to say, I think it's kind of a missed opportunity here because when I was trying out for the fun dub we never got to the point of the von karmas but uh when i was trying out i was trying to read von karma with a very thick stereotypical german accent i uh sort of like um patrick sites as germany sort of like oh, that okay yeah that was the five voice. cats for five dark marks at arby's you for slam down that gavel and it's like guilty but um, oh my god yeah, but uh, God, that's... Patrick Seitz has uttered my favorite fucking line of dialogue this year. <laughs> but in, anyways, um, that's that's the voice I had in my head for him. And so I kind of kind of was disappointed that they just played him straight. They didn't give him some sort of like heavy European accent. That having been said, Bill Jenkins is a really, really good actor, especially mm-hmm. for these older distinguished gentlemen. 
archetypes like Von Karma is. And I think he just, um, I think he's really, really good at the part. Um, Jessica Peterson, this is going to come across as a little mean. In this particular dub, she does sound a bit green. Um, I This was not the voice I had envisioned for Francisca at all. I expected more of like a deeper sort of Colleen Clinkenbeard sort of voice because she is very demanding. She is very you know, you know, uh, she's demanding. She is, you know, um, I don't even know the word for it, but, uh, but yeah, she gets what she wants. And if she doesn't get what she wants, then she'll just whip the crap out of you. And I was kind of mixed on Jessica's performance because she didn't sound like she had that demanding drive a lot of times. And also, um, like her acting could be a little bit better, uh, it's cause she does sound a little bit, you know, like a new, like a new actress. And I guess this, that's okay. Cause she is still kind of new, but, um, you know, I, it, it was, it was serviceable, but I, I kind of had mixed feelings about it. Uh, I, for one, love Jessica Peterson as Francesca Von Karma because Francesca Von Karma is my daughter and you're all being mean. <laughs> She's, <laughs> I she love her. She will defend her to her death. Listen, I got upset when she got shot. Francesca Von Karma did nothing wrong. Okay, she may have done a little bit wrong, but Phoenix probably deserved it. Um, and the judge, the judge certainly did. Fucking let. No, the the judge, the judge doesn't deserve it because yes, he does. No, he judge, no, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He, he fucking likes it. Okay. Oh my. No, Francesca Von Karma. I love Jessica Peterson as as Francesca Von Karma. She's not an actress I'm super familiar with. I haven't watched Overlord. Um, I haven't watched Regalia: The Three Sacred Stars. But then again, who has? Yeah, um, true. <laughs> no offense to the show. I think it's already essential if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think she got the good job. Because my thing is this: I think if you played her too deep or too demanding, you would forget that she is a 16 year old girl. And I think that she got a lot of. Uh, Von Karma's ch- uh, Francesca's childishness down where I think because again fr- like I said Francesca okay literally the last thing you see in the series of Francesca is her throwing a temper tantrum at the airport to her new dad Miles yes <laughs> and then Fuck just smiling mi- while crying like I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you Miles why did dad love you more than he loved me <sighs> like god I could I could hear the the daddy issues in Francesca's voice. Um, speaking of daddy issues, <laughs> uh, I'm Manfred. I actually am really happy they didn't go with a a thick German accent like you thought they were they would or how you would play him. Hardy, no offense, right? Because at the end of the day, there is nothing stating that Manfred von Karma is not from Japan. Because again, this is weird. Where I think in in the Capcom version, the show actually does take place in Japan, right? Uh, you know, in America. Yeah, and it takes but place. In, it in takes anime, place in Japan and in, in the in, anime in, as well. N- no, I think in the game it takes place in America, but yeah. in the, and the anime it's Japan. Right, right. So he is still technically Japanese. They don't ever make any distinction that he's not Japanese. Right. And again, that's a thing with. We took the names and we we took the names from the, 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 the game to make it more friendly to American audiences who are attached to this. 
but we can't change the visual clues, like the fact that Edgeworth flies out of Narita Airport, which is, you can't bullshit that Narita Airport's in America if you know that Narita is a huge airport in Japan. Um, I know, because I look up flights there all the time to see how much money I need to take out of my 401k to travel there one day. Um, but I think that Bill does a really good job making him authoritative and very much like a man who's trying to hide something. Because that's what Manfred von Karma's doing. He's trying to hide the fact that he he murdered a man and took in his own son. Yeah. That's like... Surprise. That's like a seven on the Kyrie Kotamine giving Rin Tosaka the knife he stabbed her dad with. Oh god. Levels of bullshit. Levels of evil bullshit. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's a reason why Kyrie's up there pretty high on my villains list. Like, yep. It's a pretty fucked up thing. It's a f and he doesn't add his funeral, which is like the extra icing on the douchey cake. Um, nice. So I I think Bill and Jessica did a really great job. Um, I do sound I do like how they also sound like they could potentially be family with each other. Um, I know that sounds really weird, but sometimes I think that characters who are siblings could or like father and son could like okay, you know what? X that point. I like them both. I think they both did a really good job. Um, I especially like when Manfred is getting towards the end where they they're gonna put him away for good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is when I think he's at his uh, his best. Bill Jenkins is at his best. Anyway, uh, go ahead, Steph. I kind of want to bring something interesting up because um, I find it interesting when Hardy was talking, when Hardy, you were talking about uh, Jessica as Francisca, that you thought she would have like a lower tone of voice similar to like a Colleen, mm -hmm. like Colleen or something like that. She, we got to remember again, Francisca is like 16, 17 years old. See, I wasn't aware of that playing that game. I did not know her actual age until just now, but if you can believe it. Okay. I, 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 mean, it's, I thought she was I still mean, in her 20s. No, I, it's explicitly, in the show itself, it's explicitly stated that she's around the same age as Maya. See, I didn't pick up on that. So Yeah, Maya, Maya outright says that she was like, she was amazed that she's about the same age as her, and she's doing so good for herself. Anyways, yeah, so because of that, I think the the voice that came from Francisca and with Jessica, I actually really liked it. Um, where are my notes? She brings, she brings a lot of confidence, uh, but she also brings a lot of pride and naivety to the role of Francisca. Um, because the Von Karmas are very prideful. Very prideful. Mm -hmm. If you don't know nothing about, Ma about Manfred and himself, like it, it's ingrained in his daughter as well, and basically, kind of like what Megan was just saying, how you can tell in a way that the two of them are in fact related because they are very similar to each other. Um, and I can appreciate Jessica's performance bringing that pride and naivety to Francisca um, forward in the character. And then I, I've. I've grown to have a really good, a really great appreciation for Bill Jenkins. Um, I think ever since when I first really started noticing him and paying attention to him uh, in Joker game in particular, uh, where he had a major, a major role in there. And I just like, like Harry was saying, he, he typically will play this like distinguished gentleman sounding voice. Um, 
And that's exactly, I think, what Manfred von Karma really called for here. Uh, someone distinguishable, um, but again, he he's very prideful. He's never lost a case, um, and he strives for perfection in what he does. Um, regardless of whether the person he's trying to get convicted is actually guilty or not. He does not care. Like it, it like it went as far as trying to frame Miles in in the case involving DL6, trying to frame Miles and a bailiff for the murder of um Miles's dad, um Gregory Edgeworth. It was very it's very <coughs> interesting the lengths that this very dapper gentleman will go to uh just to keep his record perfect um keep his record perfect and make sure his justice is the right form of justice if that makes sense um because we find out later in the show that after that trial and seeing the ideals that he kind of learned and grew up with kind of come crashing down miles just ends up going on a, his own little journey of self-discovery as to why he became a prosecutor in the first place and that's very interesting, um, seeing how Bill portrays Manfred to a, way, to a point where it influences Miles to take, the, to take the next step and move forward. Not only in his career, but in his life in general. Um, it's time to delodge, Miles Edgeworth, it's time to delodge this Von Karma stick up my ass. Yes. And then he comes back and he's amazing! Anyway... Uh, but yeah, I really like both of these performances a lot, especially especially Bill. I like I, I I love Bill Jenkins. He's such a good voice. I love him so much, and he's a great actor. And Jessica, I I suspect that this is one of her first for, first big roles. Um, obviously, again, we don't know the timeline in terms of recording the show. Um, when that was compared to when it was released, because the first season was released. Uh, early this year in 2018 um it was like it, one of the first big things that released and i remember when it came when it got announced it was coming out on dvd bless his heart um our, our good friend got literally lost his fucking mind <laughs> yeah but i mean he he went ballistic but yeah there was there was that but there was also that you know like that time gap between because it was announced pretty early on during the crunchy role funimation partnership that ace attorney was getting dubbed <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think it was the it initial was announcement it was no. Yeah, it was the, it was the second wave, I think. The little second. No, wave it was had. one of the first waves. Mm -hmm. It was. It, it was. Yeah, but it was among the first. But right. but you, you, yeah, you get what I'm saying. That was a couple years ago, and now it finally just came out. Yeah, I for some reason I feel like this might have been a, one of the first major roles for Jessica. That's my assumption. I could be totally wrong, but I did like what I hear. I, I did like what I hear, and I would love to hear more from her. That's for damn sure. All right. Just not in Goblet Slayer. <laughs> Actually, she's a she's not a bad narrator in Goblet Slayer. I have to say so. But you know, she's a good narrator, but it's a it's a crap you show. You shine yeah. a turd, but it's a crap show. Anyway, mm -hmm. are you ready to move on? Yes, Your Honor. Yes. Guess what? Oh boy! It's the cops. Oh it's the caps. boy! The cops. Sorry, every time that line was said, I was just rolling. <laughs> being, like, dick yes. is, being dick gumshoe is suffering. 
for being Dick Gumshoe is Gumshoe the fucking is su- best. Anyway. Be- no, be- being Dick Gumshoe is suffering. <laughs> he gets whipped. He gets yelled at. He gets into a car accident. Nobody res- nobody remembers his fucking name. In the, game, Gumshoe- in the game, he's getting threatened by pay cuts. <laughs> which yeah, they like, never brought up be- in the show. Pray, please be nice to Dick Gumshoe. He deserves a nice vacation. <laughs> he's, Watching cops. He's Miles' lapdog. Oh my. Yes. Uh, Gumshoe is a good man. Gum- I love, I just love, my favorite. one of my favorite aspects of the show is just how Gumshoe just becomes friends with Phoenix and Maya. <laughs> yes, it's great. Anyway. Friend, like, the, the Gumshoe-Maya friendship is very wholesome. It's so adorable. Anyway. Uh, it's pure. Clearly, as you can tell by our fanboying and fangirling, we're talking about Dick Gumshoe. Uh, who, it's the caps. It's the caps. Who is a... um. Who's a detective in the homicide unit of the police agency and is generally, uh, he is essentially your police liaison, uh, mm. both in the games as well as the show. And he's also a complete idiot. Yes, he is. Yeah. He is an adorable idiot, though. Mm-hmm. And then the other character we're going to be talking about along with Dick Gumshoe is we're going to talk about the judge. No name, the ju- just The judge. The judge. The, the, the judge. The judge. The judge is, um, well, he's a judge. He's also an idiot. <laughs> like, there's no sugarcoating it. He's an idiot. <laughs> a lot. Oh, what happened to you, Maya? You look so different. Don't pay attention <laughs> to the girl with the big tits. <laughs> ignore the big tits, your honor. Your Honor, please ignore the fact that this one six-year-old girl now looks like a hooker you could find on on 52nd Avenue. Oh, so you're saying it's basically anime in general then. God damn it. <laughs> to quote to quote Darling in the Franks in a nutshell, I love you like a brother. The regular kind or the anime kind? The anime kind. That video is so good. I hate that. I I don't like that show, but that video is great. Especially the end where um, the uh, Bridger Eagleburger is playing Goro and he just starts yelling about how the ending of Turling and the Franks makes no fucking sense. Oh, yeah. It's like, why are you people happy? None of this makes sense. (laughs) He's so mad about it. That video is that video is a fucking trip. <laughs> it's great. Anyway, the individuals voicing these characters. I'm actually gonna start with the judge first. Uh, the judge is voiced by Kent Williams, who's been in series such as Drifters, The Future Diary, and Rage of Bahamut Genesis, and Dick Gumshoe, the Caps. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me so happy. The, the happiest party's ever been in his life. This makes me so happy because we actually got to meet him at Anime Fest. By accident. By accident. Didn't, was, like, we were coming through Artist Alley, and then somebody goes, holy shit, it's Brian Bessie. And he's like, oh, hey, guys. And we're like, we would flood him. Also, Jennifer Alex, it was great. Jennifer too, Alex, she's a sweetheart. Anyway, Brian Massey is the voice of Dick Gumshoe, and he has been in series such as Ride Back, Token Rambu, Hanamaru, and of course... Kaka! And of course, most infamously, you would know him as Russo in Bacchano. Hardy, how do you feel about the performances here? Oh boy, well, let's get started with the judge first. Um, this is a... D- despite Kit being sort of an older gentleman, uh, you don't really hear him do old men all that often. Or when he does old men, they sort of... Have his um, his normal, uh, you know, his normal voice. 
Right. Um, he went full on grandpa for the judge. Full on grandpa, and you he's know, a, he's you never go dumb, full grandpa. He's a, he's a dumb grandpa. He's so a dumb is. grandpa. He's he's, he's you know. No offense, the judge is kind of dumb as fuck. Yeah, yes. But uh, it's entertaining. It's definitely it's definitely um, played out for uh, to be over the top, sort of this you know. Well, I'm sort of old and senile, but I'll be your judge, and uh, and it's it's definitely. Over the top, but I enjoyed it for the most part. The judge doesn't get that many lines, to be honest. Um, but he sounds like you know he's he's a senile old man, but he's a sweet senile old man. I think Kent really brings that out to him. Now, if I may, uh, let me go. tell you a little story about Dick Gumshoe. Going here back, go. going back to the fun dub that I was. Um, that I was in a few years back. I tried out for the role of Dick Gumshoe. And I had the hardest time deciding what direction I should take the voice in. Because, you know, I'm not a professional actor. I just like to do my impersonations every once in a while. Sometimes they turn out good. Sometimes not so good. Yeah, but whatever. Um, and so I ultimately decided to read the lines using my best impersonation... Of Lad Russo from Bacchano. Huzzah! <laughs> and so I sort of did this. You know, uh, what was the line I was doing? Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, what was oh, one of my favorite he's going, lines? He's going full Lad Russo, boys and girls. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah. They call a Bella Bella. Uh, I'm not going to get any sleep tonight. And so anyways, yeah. I, I submitted my audition. Uh, using the Lad Russo impression, and I got the part. I was Dick Gumshoe in the entirety of that dub, and it was my favorite. It was actually no, he. It wasn't my favorite role to play because I also played. I played Will Powers uh, using a Kuwabara accent. Um, oh my god, that's great. Yeah, and then my favorite one though was Salmonella because I sort of did a combination of the nerd from uh, from Robot Chicken. Uh, with this like heavy lisp, and so I was oh like, my... "Oh my god, you guys!" Oh my god! Like now I can go watch ponies. <laughs> <laughs> if Tom you got a... is clearly a brony now. If you have a chance to go check that dub out, you know it's it's we were all we we're, we're not professional actors. We were all very you know uh, amateur at best. But it's I'm really proud of it. I had a whole lot of fun doing it. If if you want to check it out, I'll I'll. I'll provide you a link. But anyways, several years later, I come to find out who would be the voice of Dip Gumshoe, and it turns out it's Brian Massey, who I modeled my voice performance after. And actually being able to listen to him, I'm like, yep, that's Dip Gumshoe. And he is absolutely perfect in this role. I, am, I could not be happier. Uh, the one thing is I do think... It would have been nice if he had brought brought in more of the Chicago accent that Lad had, because uh, you know Gumshoe is definitely your your you know stereotypical uh, um, you, know, you know big city detective. Uh, but other than that, you know, that's just I I could not be I'm really happy with this performance and this and this uh, this sheer coincidence. So yeah. <laughs> When How we, when we met him, you told him the story, right? Yeah, yeah. I even did my Lad Russo impersonation of. For he got him. a kick out of it. He liked it. Yeah. So. 
I think he described Vlad Russo one time on one of the episode commentaries is that he eats like metal for breakfast with gasoline milk. Yeah. No, what he said is, what he said on the Bacano commentary was, how did you get cast in this role? He said, it's called typecasting. <laughs> I remember that. I remember very much that that commentary also being uh, with Caitlin and then he punches the dude's brains and she was like, oh, my God. <laughs> nice. Caitlin was like, Ey. anyway, but I, I, I very much love anime commentaries and I can't wait to listen to the ones for this when I eventually pick this up on DVD. Um. No, uh, Kent Williams was was your grandpa who you lost at the courthouse. <laughs> he just happened to put on the gown. And... <laughs> what am I doing okay. this again? Grandpa, you Gra- need to go back to the home. Grandpa, no. <laughs> all, all right, Grandpa, look, I know we said we would take you to the friendlies to get your free lunch. I gotta pay this parking ticket. Stay right here. Don't move. Okay. 20 minutes later, where the fuck is Grandpa? Guys. <laughs> He what went- do you mean he's presiding over a murder trial <laughs> again? He went. He went into the courtroom again, guys. We gotta yeah. go get Grandpa now. Gra- Grandpa, come on! We're gonna miss the free lunch at Friendly's. Yeah. Granddad's Grandpa. off his meds again. Yeah. <laughs> Paging Grandpa in courtroom two. Two. Grandpa in courtroom B. Meanwhile, what do you mean this is just someone's grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> so no, Kent Williams does his best. His best diddly darn grandpa lost at court impression. Very horny grandpa lost at court impression, right, yes. you? Yes. He was way into a 16-year-old girl whipping him. That's why I, that's why I was saying earlier that was a bad thing. This thing is going to go from, like, law and order criminal intent to law and order SVU really quick. Ice-T walks in. Kids are doing what they call the Edgeworth mistakes. <laughs> no, they're calling. No, it's the Ve- Von Karma. The Kids Von are doing Karma. what they call the Von Karma these days. Get them really high and then they whip motherfuckers. <laughs> also, be stop harassing Ice T about the fact that he's never eaten a bagel. What? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that was the thing on Twitter. He's That's like, thing. I've never eaten a bagel. And then he's like, damn, you white people are really upset that I've never eaten a bagel before. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> because it would be white people. Okay. So it's like, you ate one on SVU. He's like, That's called fucking acting. Oh my god. I was dying. I was like, What the fuck, Ice T? Anyway. So, no, Kent Williams was, was pretty good as Grandpa. Um, Man. I didn't know Brian Massey was in his own anime. <laughs> uh, I love Dick Gumshoe. Dick Gumshoe is such a good boy. He's a good man. I want Dick Gumshoe to be my dad. I feel like he'd be a very good dad. Um, no, but uh, I think that Brian brought a lot to the performance. I think that this is like one of those times where you're like, this person was born to play this character. Mm-hmm. And it never felt like it was Brian Massey is being Brian Massey. It is, no, it is Brian Massey is playing Dick Gumshoe, and he does it with every ounce of charisma and action and love of Dick Gumshoe, and it just shows so, it li- you could just hear it so much in his voice. I think, the, I, I also love his over-the-top reactions, noises to everything. Yes. I like how, though, I like in one of the bloopers where he does it, he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What did Gumshoe say fuck? He um, dropped a lot of F-bombs in the bloopers. Bombs. No, so I really I really loved it. I, I very much think that it's just one of those, like... It's one of those performances that gives you the warm fuzzies. Yeah. Where it's like, 
this this holds a special place in my heart for my nostalgia of something or like even though this is an anime that only came out like what two years ago year and a half ago something like that it just feels very like nostalgic and friendly to you so i i really enjoyed it okay uh i'm also gonna start with the judge because uh <laughs> kent williams the judge is such a dumbass <laughs> first of all but god damn it does Kent Williams make the judge so so what I write. The god damn it does Kent Williams make the judge so goofy and endearing at times. Like, it's 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 a lot of fun. I think he's for as stupid as the judge can be, <laughs> and as much of a pervert as the judge can be, there are moments where he's I, I he's he's just really endearing as a character, and he has his own little little quirks to him and I just love how Kent portrayed it. I, I, I love how kind of what Hardy was saying with Kent Williams is you never hear Kent Williams go full grandpa <laughs> like ever. The closest thing is basically regular Kent Williams roles. That's the closest you could probably get. So him going full grandpa was such a treat. Um, and as for Brian Massey like Hands down, this is one of my favorite performances of the entire show. And with good reason. Because, like Megan was saying, this is one of those times where Dick, where, where Brian Massey is Dick Gumshoe. <laughs> like, this is not Brian Massey playing Dick, Dick Gumshoe. He is Dick, Dick Gumshoe. <laughs> like, he has a lot of goof and charm to him, and it's... When Brian Massey appeared on screen as Dick Gumshoe, I, the second that happened, I started cheering and applauding because, like, I was sold immediately. I'm like, this is exactly what I expected Dick Gumshoe to sound like. <laughs> A bumbling detective who's trying to do his goddamn best and is just, like, walked all over majority of the fucking time. And... It's just a fun and charming performance of a goofy detective, and I just love how Brian Massey portrays it so, 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 so much. Uh, again, definitely one of my absolute favorite performances of the show. The other one being the obvious best boy of the show, but we'll get to him in a little bit. Uh, first, though, do we want to move on to our la next trio of characters? Uh, I think we have said all we need to say. So I think we're going to go. Yep. Yes. All right. So time to talk about. Well, it's time to go into a go into the spiritual plane, contact our uh, ancestors. We're going to talk about the phase. Does that mean when Hardy gets when Hardy channels someone, he's gonna get two bazingas? <laughs> I hope channels, so. Only if he channels Maya, uh, Mia's yeah. face. To be to be fair, Megan, I already have a good set of my own. To be honest. God damn it! I mean, they're nothing compared to mine, but whatever. Yeah. I'm just gonna sit this conversation out. Lord Almighty! I now try to channel the spirit of gritty. Come to me. <laughs> Megan, you're you're sprouting hair all over the place. My eyes, they Google. <laughs> For some reason, I want to eat hot dogs and punch. I want to eat hot dogs and I want to punch a dude from Pittsburgh. Shh. 
<laughs> when your love of hockey goes too far. <laughs> oh, God. Not even a Flyers fan. No, but you love hockey, so. I do love hockey and I do love Gritty. <laughs> He's such a he's such a welcoming force against the rise of capitalism and Nazis. Yes. Uh, while we're I on the subject of weird. hockey mascots, mine is a furry and it's kind of got me concerned. You be nice to Ganat. You be nice to Nash. He's a good boy. He's a good boy, but he's the kind of boy that people make fan art of. I mean, I don't even know what my mascot is. It's a bear. It's a the Boston the Boston Bruins one suck and two. I don't. I don't awful. care about. I don't care about hockey, so it doesn't matter to me. Also, three. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Damn it! I need to fu- yell fuck somebody. <laughs> I need to yell fuck somebody. What? <laughs> no, there's a guy on the Bruins who's the fucking worst, and he licks people. Ew. What? <laughs> yeah. Like the the mascot or the or player? No, it's a player. Oh my. <laughs> what? Okay. It's like JoJo's on ice. <laughs> No, yeah, no. fuck, <laughs> fuck Brad Marchand, that licking ass rat motherfucker. Google a picture of Brad Marchand and tell me that man doesn't look like a rat. God damn it. We'll do, no. I'll, I'll have to look it up later. No. He looks like a fucking rat. Well, the best thing usually, I think one of the best things usually when Megan comes up for Anime Boston, the one thing she always tries to ask for, can we drive by TD Garden? I want to flip off the Bruins. <laughs> And they never let me! Because we never go anywhere near there! We did last year when I had to say goodbye to Roots, you dicks! But you never Let me go the... to a bru- You never flipped well, I was too off, busy. Though. I-, I was too busy crying. See, you missed your opportunity. You finally went by TD Garden. Let me go flick off- Let me go flick off TD Garden! <laughs> then take me to McDonald's. I want a sippy cup. <laughs> Fuck. Side note, Andrew, fuck you for the McDonald's Gentleman's Club bullshit on my birthday. Fuck you. <laughs> Gentleman's Club. Gentleman's Stop Club. It. That was also a Kyle Phillips dub. Oh, God. Steph, you know what would help you wash this down? Dare I ask? One black coffee. God damn it. You fucking suck. <laughs> Oh, God. You know who doesn't fucking suck? The Faye family. Yes. Except for Morgan. She's she, she she's pretty awful. We're not talking about Morgan And Faye, Dahlia. Though. Yeah. We're not talking about Morgan Faye, though. Thank God. Dude, I hope they... You know who... The, the, before we go into this, you know who I'm really disappointed hasn't showed up in Ace Attorney yet as a set of characters? What? The Sky Sisters. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. I want Emma Sky to show up, damn it. I love Emma Sky. That'd be interesting. Anyway, anyway, side note, I swear to God, at AB, if you pull another stunt and try and use McDonald's as my alarm clock, again, I'm going to fucking punch you. Well, first of all, one, we're in a smaller confined space, so I'm not going to do that. Number two, last time we shoved six of us in a room at AB, I got stuck behind you while you were asleep on the air mattress and had to pee for a half hour. Ouch. It's true. Hopefully, I was too afraid to try to jump over her because I thought I was going to land on Lilac's head, and with my weight, I was going to kill her. Oh wow! <laughs> that was the and, first time we went to AB together, isn't and it? And the other thing was, I had to. And Prof woke up in the middle of that. And I'm just looking at him like, dude, I can't get out of here. <laughs> he just kind of sits there and looks at me. <laughs> Anime was a mistake. Prof, Prof was just like, yep. 
That's how we learned that Prof and Zen are sisters are uh, brother and sister from another mister because they're basically the same. they have very similar person they have very similar interests. Yes, anime. Just shut the fuck up and tell us who plays the face siblings. We're not. We haven't really started describing who the face sisters uh, face fake family. Well, okay, is. two sisters and a cousin. Family. Yes. Okay. All right. The Faye family. So we got three members of the Faye family we're going to be talking about. We have Maya Faye, who is another, who is one of the major characters of the show uh, and the game. She is introduced during the first full, full-fledged trial because uh, she is on trial for the murder of her sister Mia Faye. Uh, and why didn't you take me to McDonald's, Mia? <laughs> yeah, and. Mia Fey is the old is Maya's older sister who was who was a defense attorney. Um, she took Phoenix under her wing to teach him uh, everything she knew before she ended up murdered uh, by a greedy, greedy information broker. Red white. Oh, red white, you motherfucker! Uh, and then trying to frame Maya, of course, which is fantastic. Uh, and then we have Pearl Faye, which is Maya and Mia's cousin, little cousin. Um, very, very sheltered little girl. <laughs> very sheltered. Uh, she lived, she basically lives and has known only Quran Village all her life. Uh, her mother Morgan is very protective. And then, uh, with the trial of, um, Dr. Turner Gray, um, that is when Pearl kind of just starts wandering off on her own and getting out and trying different things and she misunderstands Phoenix and Maya's relationship all the fucking time. Yeah, because Mia's like 16. Maya's, Maya's like 16. Phoenix is probably at least mid to late 20s. At least. But um but anyway, the key part with the three of these characters is the Fay family is a family of spirit mediums. Um so traditionally, Maya is the is the head of the family uh, in charge of the Quran School of Channeling. Uh, Pearl is part of the Branch family. Initially, Mia would have been the one to take over, but of course, she's fucking dead. But we do get to see Mia on occasion when uh, we get her summoned and she takes over someone's body and they get two large melons for breasts. Um, <laughs> anyway, they become abreast of their legal powers. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, the three young ladies who are voicing these characters as Maya Faye, uh, we have Lindsay Seidel, who has been in series such as Assassination Classroom, Kodahana Kitan, and Soul Eater Not. As Mia Faye, Maya's old si older sister, we have Colleen Klingenbeard, who has been in series such as Black Clover, Daigonrampa 3, The End of Hope's Peak Academy, and Girl the Animation. And is little cousin Pearl Faye, we have Alexis Tipton, who has been in series such as Aka 13 Territory Inspection Department, Devil is a Part-Timer, and My Bride is a Mermaid. Hardy, how do you feel about the three performances of the Faye family? Okay, um, Mia Faye is basically Colleen pers personified. Uh, she has played this role a hundred different times, and uh, she knows what she's doing with characters like this. And uh, this is no different. She plays it well. It sounds really good. And it's fi it fits the character a whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, Pearl Faye. Alexis Tipton really doesn't play all that many, like, really, really, really little girl type characters. Usually she plays someone more like a teenager. Um, so this was interesting to hear her use her, her little babby voice for Pearl. And it works. She's really sweet. She's really cute sounding. 
And um, yeah, I don't really have any complaints. Uh, Maya is a bit controversial for me because I really like Lindsay Seidel as an actress, but there were times to where her voice as Maya was really, really grating at times. Like it was a bit higher pitched than it should have been. Um, that having been said, I really enjoy the energy and the enthusiasm that she brings to Maya. So, you know, it, it could have been a, with a, some tweaking, it could have been really a little bit better. But other than that, that's really all I have to say about it. I actually really like all of the Fae, the Fae women voices in this. Uh, Mia first. Colleen did a really good job being uh, adult mentor. Uh, Colleen, she sounded like a mom. For some reason, even though I've never watched Hanabato, it reminded me of the mom from Hanabato. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mom, go fuck yourself. Nice. How Hanabato should have ended. How how it should have ended. Hanabato would have yeah, you're not wrong, to be perfectly honest. No, that's what Amberly Collins did. Yes. Amberly Connors did that in one of her bloopers. She literally just goes, Mom, go fuck yourself to her. Yeah. Nice. I saw um, that. It's accurate, too. I've never watched Todd. That's also a show. Hey. It's all coming. It's all coming full circle. Hey, do you have the horn I gave you? The one that makes people poop? What? No, not that one. No, not that one. That's a fucking party favor. <laughs> now you lost me. You've never watched the Overlord season three bloopers? See, no, I haven't watched the season three bloopers. Yeah, there, there's one with Chris Sapp. I think Overlord. it's yeah. A lot of it is just let's fuck with Skylar McIntosh. Oh my god. But um, so yeah, no. So Colleen gets the the big kind of mom, the mom voice, and she's good as i really like her as as mia because i think that she has that more kind of maternal and like wisdom guided voice really helps especially when the ghost of mia Faye is <laughs> the fucking vocal dissonance <laughs> of her her coming out of pearl's body oh my god i want to know what the fuck they were smoking at capcom <laughs> According to Michaela, a big fat blonde. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go smoke a big flat blunt now. <laughs> God bless that Kyle has bloopers for a lot of his shows. Um, and then I actually am used to hearing um, Alexis Tipton play do the little girl voice. Because I, again, am like one of the five people who watched Token Rambu Hanamaru. That was technically a little boy voice. Be <laughs> to be fair, does Meteray sound like a little boy at all? No, he does not. Exactly. <laughs> Meteray is a little boy, but Meteray has a little girl's voice for a reason. Like even in the Japanese, Meteray sounds like a baby girl. Oh so, God. but even then, Pearl sounds even younger than Meteray. Pearl sounds like <laughs> when I was running through the hall, I broke the urn. And I let Mr. Gami spear fly away. You get to cry about it like a little bitch. <laughs> Phoenix, how rude. I can't watch that scene. I don't hear the actual line. I just hear Phoenix calling her a little bitch. Um, and she, she puts it back together wrong, too. It's, Pearl is adorable. She puts it back as, instead of putting it as Ami, it's I am. I love, I love little Pearlie's voice. And I do, I do hope that if for some god-awful reason, this anime is in a very good adaptation, Fate's Journey. 
But eventually they'll have to do it where Pearly gets old, Pearl gets older and stuff. And I, I kind of want to see them do the case where you get to interrogate the killer whale. Um, but I think Alexis does a good job as Pearl. I do agree with Hardy that it is a little bit, um, it is nice to hear her play like a little babby child. I actually really like Maya Faye. I love Lindsay Sidell as Maya. It's probably my second favorite performance in the show. Nice. I thought she was I thought she was perfect as as Maya. I I can agree that sometimes her voice was a little grating, but I feel like even in the Japanese, Maya's voice was probably a little grating when it came to things, because Maya's a dumb, excited 16-year-old girl. Okay, she's not dumb, she's actually pretty smart. Yeah. But um she's she's a hyperactive 16-year-old who I think she does a little bit better when she's being, like, calmer and kind of geeking out. Like, when she's talking about the little boy about the steel samurai. Mm -hmm. To which, God, I love the fact that she forced Phoenix to pinch the steel samurai. <laughs> that was amazing. And she, she, and she falls asleep during it, but there's Phoenix just, like, trying to find clues. And he binges the whole fucking show. The whole thing. With, like, God, how Phoenix right just... Just stick the Starbucks into my eyes. Um, <laughs> but no, I thought all of the Pearl women, the, the Pearl women, all the Faye women were great. Uh, also, shout out to Steph. Stephanie Young as uh, Morgan? Pearl's mom. Mom, mom Morgan. Um, there's a couple more Faye women they need to cast, but I don't know if they're going to get to that in season two, but I think they are because Godot, God, Godot? How do you Godot. say this? Godot? Godot. Godot? Yeah. Like, okay, like waiting for Godot. Yeah. Okay, I, I'm wondering if the other the other uh, Fey women are going to show up because Godot is a character this season. Uh, who knows? Maybe Steph. Okay. Uh, let's see. So here's a weird, weird thought about Alexis as Pearl. When I was first listening to it, I was like. Why does it seem like Alexis is a little too old for Pearl? Which is a very weird statement to make. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like... Because Alexis, I know, can voice younger characters really well. And I'm like... I think part of it was the character design of Pearl herself. To me. Made it seem like very, very young. And it kind of threw me off. But... I, I, I adored her as Pearl. She was adorable. A little rambunctious very sheltered child who misunderstands a lot of things <laughs> a lot of things he's your knight in shining armor no pearl <laughs> no pearl you stop it um but yeah alexis plays a lot of the little daydream childlike aspects of pearl very well and it's a lot of fun uh colleen is mia i will agree that this is a good fit because Mia is the guide. She is the mentor. She is a maternal figure, especially to Maya. And Colleen portrays all of those qualities very, very well. Um, strong. She has a strong air of confidence and this kind of intellectual maturity to her, uh, which you can see right off the bat during the first episode when she is alive, actually alive, and is helping um, Phoenix go through his first major case, um, first major trial uh, as an as a full fledged attorney, and I just loved it so much. Lindsay Seidel, it's hmm. 
I actually, I also, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on Maya Faye, though leaning more on uh, the I do like it camp of this. Because um, Lindsay brings, I think, a mix of naivety because she can be a little naive at times. Uh, but she and she also has like this childlike wonder to her, and it she kind of brings that out occasionally of Phoenix as well, because um she's a 16, 17 year old girl who loves kids children's children shows like The Steel Samurai, she loves food like ramen, she uh loves li like little fun kid things like the fucking circus. And she's also very much a motivated go-getter. Like, if she wasn't around, I feel like Phoenix would have just gone bankrupt by this point. <laughs> like, because remember, Maya somehow is the one that drags Phoenix to these clients that get their asses arrested. <laughs> like, we need to go save Max Galactica. We need to... We need to save... Miles, we need to save this other person. Like, Maya just drags Phoenix like, every time that, like, someone she thinks needs to be saved. Like, it happens. It's like, Phoenix, we need to go do this now. It's it's kind of amusing. And I think Lindsay does very well in portraying that fun personality, the humor, and the childlike qualities that Maya does have uh, as a character. Uh, I think we got two characters left, and we're actually making very good time, so I think we can get them started. For once! I know! <laughs> do we want to move on? Let's do it. Yes. Are we ready? Are we, re are we ready? Are we ready to talk about Best Boy? Yes! <laughs> are we ready to talk about Best Boy? <laughs> I love you, Miles Edgeworth. You're such a good boy. Miles Edgeworth is such a good boy. He did nothing wrong. He's doing wrong. He's doing his best. Yes. Miles is doing his best. Miles Edgeworth best. did nothing wrong. <laughs> anyway, so our next character, of course, as you can easily tell, we're going to talk about Miles Edgeworth. He is a um, chief prosecutor uh who prosecutes people. <laughs> He's not the chief yet. Not yet. Not in, not in this season. He eventually does become a hit, hit though. If I remember Yeah, correctly. I think he's like chief... I think he's like chief prosecutor by the time you get to the Dual Destiny game. Yeah, I think so, too. Where... Where you get... Where your... Where your main opponent is literally just Samurai Troy Baker with a bird. <laughs> anyway. I love Dual Destinies. Anyway. Um, but Miles... Miles has definitely... I think one of the more complex character arcs in the show, um, where he at in the beginning he's prosecuting and getting victory after victory by any means necessary, um, even even if that includes because there are the rumors of uh, falsifying evidence in order to get guilty verdicts under Miles. Uh, but after the DL six uh, trial and the DL six incident where Miles is suspected and put on trial for murder um he kind of starts seeing things differently and how his version of justice and what he was doing isn't what he isn't isn't right anymore like he and he ends up being lost goes on this long like i think it's, it's i think it basically says it's a he year. goes to america i think he was he goes gone to for america and finds himself no, the correct words is Prosecutor Miles Edgeworth chooses death. That note he left. 
Um, and he disappears for a year. And then... Damn. Damn, Edgeworth. Damn. It's a little extreme. I know, right? He disappears for a year, and then he suddenly comes back um, at a point... He comes back at the end of the, in the, end of the series during the last trial uh, for Matt Ungard, uh, the Nickel Samurai. And... Who is actually a bad person. Who is person. actually a bad person. God bless letting you do da- crazy Dave Trosco in this show. God bless Dave Trosco for being a bad person. I love person. crazy. No, I love crazy Dave Trosco voice. If you can believe it, the character's even crazier in the game itself. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, but he basically, Miles comes back at a point where Phoenix is now struggling with what his, what his idea of justice is and... Because Maya's kidnapped. Because Maya's kidnapped. My Uncle Marcus. See, my, my, my Uncle, Uncle Marcus. Uncle Marcus. Uncle Marcus. Uncle Marcus and, and and Chef Dave have corru- have cooked up some evil plots. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Marcus as Shelly the Killer is fantastic, by the way. Uh, anyway, but yeah, all that aside, Miles comes back, seeing kind of kind of the air of his ways and kind of growing a bit and understanding more of what. Um, his role is as a prosecutor and what true justice actually is. So, the individual voicing good old best boy Miles Edgeworth. Is Megan going to screech? <laughs> Not going to screech. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, I might uh, screech. Uh, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Why do you say that? No, I'm just joking. I'm about to say, is it because it's Christopher Wakecamp who's voicing Miles? Yay! Yay! Um, good old Christopher Wakeham, who's voicing Miles Edgeworth. He has been in other shows, such as Blood Ballcade, Battlefront, and Beyond, Joker Game, and The Royal Tutor. Hardy, would you kick us off with your thoughts on Chris's performance as Miles? Yes, absolutely. Um, it's probably my favorite performance in the show, and that's even saying something, after all I've said about Brian Massey and how I love him as Dick Gumshoe, I still think... I think Chris's performance as Miles is just phenomenal. Um, there's really nothing negative I could possibly say about that. And I know we sort of have like this on this show. We sort of, we don't like to have our biases, but one thing that Chris had brought out to us when we met him is that you guys have always said nice things about me. And you know what we have, and that's, that speaks to his talent as an actor because we really don't have any um, mean things, mean to, things say to say about, about him. Because we, he's, have, we haven't had any reason to say mean things. Yeah. We, we, there's, you haven't given us one. No. Yeah, I mean, every, every one of his performances that we've heard so far is we haven't been, had to be critical of it because it's been done so well. And so, yeah, this is just another another name to add to the laundry list of roles of uh, that we've been impressed with, with, with Chris Wakeham. So, yeah. So this is a coming from our friend guy. He's actually a big Ace Attorney fan. Chris likes himself some Ace Attorney. Hello? Yeah. yeah you're, you're, we're listening. Oh, I thought you guys would be more surprised. By that. No, I didn't hear. I didn't. And I, I you didn't hear for, it. I blanked for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Steph's brain is, Okay, so the one thing I really like about Edgeworth is that you can just... <laughs> He's got just enough stick up his ass as Edgeworth. 
<laughs> That's your favorite like, phrase. Shoving a stick. He does. He just has a stick up his ass. Because <laughs> Edgeworth does have a stick. Like, Edgeworth, I also, I, I think um, I was talking to, again, God about this. And he's like, my favorite, he said this and I kind of agree with him. He's like, my favorite thing about Wake Camp's Edgeworth is that it's not full on British, but it's vaguely British enough that you think that he's up. He's full of shit. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the full of shit's my end, but Yay! he's just like, because apparently they never decided on if Edgeworth was British in the original voicing of the games. That's so great. it would like fluctuate with like the Capcom employees pronunciation and it's just been kept every time. That's amazing. This is probably my favorite version of Edgeworth's voice. No offense to Kyle, uh, Kyle Hebert, who plays Edgeworth in the games. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I adore, uh, Wakeham's Edgeworth. And I also appreciate Afia Yu as Baby Edgeworth. Afia Yu is adorable as Baby Edgeworth. As Baby Edgeworth. (laughs) I like how when... Dad, can I keep the dog? (laughs) Can I keep him? No, no, Dad, I want to watch something on TV. What is it, son? You used to usually like watching the news. I want to watch the Steel Samurai. No, it wasn't Steel Samurai. Signal um, Samurai. Samurai. And he just turns it on in just like He's the sound so of embarrassment. <laughs> and then yeah. I just like, I like the idea that Gott and I came up with that like Edgeworth is like the biggest weeb who you don't know who's a yes. weeb, but he is a weeb. <laughs> he has a model and of I really... the steel samurai in his fucking office. <laughs> Remember? I'm not into this shit. Let me hide my steel samurai body pillow. <laughs> no, it's right um, in plain view in his office. <laughs> Dick Gumshoe, uh, sir, this this body pillow is covered with some fluid. Whoa! <laughs> God, no! Stop it! It's not even the dirtiest joke we've made tonight. <laughs> um, but no, I I loved it. I and like like Hardy says, it's like no, like guys, like legitimately, Chris Chris Waycamp is really good in almost in basically everything he's been in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially as a lead character, and I think he was the perfect choice for Edgeworth. Mm. And I'm very happy they did not make him do a full British accent. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. Like, I'm not saying that Chris Wakecamp is a vocal chameleon. Because the tones of voice for a lot of characters is similar. But he's played a vast range of character types in the past couple of years now. That he may as well almost be close to being a goddamn chameleon. <laughs> Like, holy fuck. Um, and Miles is just one more to add in there while we're at it. Because I, too, am glad that they didn't go with some sort of accent for him. Um, instead, and how I loved how Miles was portrayed in the in this show, was he has, he has, what is it? Has a regal air mixed with this kind of pompous attitude, a.k.a. a stick up your ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least to start out. And then... When he comes back towards the end of the show, you can see he still has some sort of air of confidence to him and this regal regal presence, but you can start seeing that pompous attitude and that pride that go- that he had earlier in the show mm. just starting to backpedal a little bit. Yeah. The like stick starting- starts slipping out. <laughs> I was trying not to be as descriptive <laughs> like that. But we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> you gotta get what I'm saying. It's, it's a. It seems like a. It's almost a seamless transition, and I only say almost because of the huge time gap, time lapse we have between when we see Miles after 
uh, after DL6 and when we see him again at the end. Um, it's just that transition there because of that time gap might be a little weird to people. Um, but it honestly, I think it works very, very well. Uh, and like, here's my thing. When I watched, when I was watching the Let's Plays of the game, I actually wasn't a huge fan of Miles Edgeworth in the games. I thought he was a dick. Mm -hmm. Seeing how he was portrayed here, and then the Japanese, I, I barely remember the Japanese, but I was like, I still wasn't, the, I was like, okay with Miles. But seeing how Chris portrayed him in this version, I fell in love with Miles. He became my favorite character. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, we go from me not really, not liking Miles at all in the game to like, I love this character. Like, physically, like, actually really seeing and understanding more of this character in the show, and especially with Chris's portrayal of it, I fell in love with the character much more. Miles is a good boy. <laughs> he is just doing his best with the idiots he has to deal with at the fucking time. Um, but yeah, this is definitely my favorite performance of the show. Um, and solidly, Chris is the reason why I love this character now. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I gotta go watch season two. I don't think Miles is in season two quite yet. He isn't, not yet. But he not is in yet. the opening credits, so he's he'll show up soon. Yeah, eventually. I haven't watched season. I haven't watched season two, but I don't think he's in there yet because ANN doesn't even have him listed as an Ace Attorney two as Miles. So I'm like, okay, he clearly hasn't come in the show yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely my favorite character and definitely my favorite performance of the show, and I just enjoy it so much. Is he your uh, favorite character? Would you say by Miles? Boom! I had Get to. Out. I can Get see out. for miles and miles. I can see for miles. That is and not the right answer. That's <laughs> not the right answer. This is not Kano. But you know who is? But you know what is the right answer? Phoenix. God damn it. <laughs> All the right. right answer. Hello, I tonight am going to channel the spirit of Andrew through me. That was a good one. That was a pretty oh, God good one. Damn it. Anyway. Next, let me show you my collection of lewd pictures of Makoto from Persona 5. Anyway. He's got it, too. I'm not. He's got it, too. I know he does. I've seen it. <laughs> I've seen Hardy's lewd Tifa picture collection. Oh, yes. It's impressive. Very proud of it. When you hacked, when you hacked his computer and started writing on his Twitter. Oh, no. He does it himself. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. No, I thought you were referring to, like, he had a secret folder on his desktop for it. Oh, he probably does. I, I do. Does. I, I do. Absolutely. I mean, you did you Wait. did fail at being a hacker at Anime Fest. <laughs> Hardcore. I'm going to hack this. As, I'm going to hack into Princess the gate. Princess <laughs> Princess Bel... My mom hates when I wear that thing around the house. Really? She gets so mad at me. <laughs> That's great. Anyway... Our final character of the evening, the titular character, the titular ace attorney, uh, we have Phoenix Wright uh, coming into play here. He is the rookie defense attorney uh, that is just trying to, he, he's also doing his best. He <laughs> tries to do the right thing. He tries, there it is. He da, 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 da. Done. <laughs> he, there it is. He tries to do the right thing. Again, the best way to describe the best way he was motivated because 
he was motivated to become a defense attorney because when he was a kid, he was accused of stealing lunch money, specifically Miles's lunch money. And both Miles and Larry defended him uh, for it. So he was like, I'm going to be there. I want to be there for people who can't defend themselves. Just like Miles and Larry was there for me. So he became Aww. a defense attorney and all this other fun stuff happens and fun, fun times ensue. So, the voice of Phoenix Wright. We have one Mr. Eric Vale, who has been in series such as Beck Mongolian Chop Squad, Fruits Basket, and Noragami. Alright, Hardy, how do you feel about Eric's performance as Phoenix Wright? Well, um, it was kind I have to say it was kind of a shock that they didn't go back and try to get the original cast from the game. Uh, because I liked Sam Regal a lot. Um but now, after watching the anime and listening to this dub, I think that Eric is a, fun, a fantastic Phoenix. And it's good to hear him play such a positive character for a change because he is well known as his villains and his sort of jerk-faced douchebag characters. It's nice to see him play someone who is genuinely good and genuinely tries to do the right thing and um, and be a hero for once. Um, it's really refreshing Uh to hear someone as enthusiastic and friendly and just all around a decent person such as Eric uh, get to play such a really decent person um, in, in an anime. So I think he does a great job. I'm going to be the dissenter. I actually just thought this was okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had a really hard time looking past and not seeing Eric Vale being Eric Vale. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't think it's a bad performance, especially not compared to who this is in the Japanese. Do we? I don't know. Do we get to know the story? The story now here. Okay, so I think Yuki Kaji is a great actor. Oh, is that I don't really? Like a, yeah, it's Yuki Kaji. I don't oh, like shit. Yuki Kaji in certain roles because Yuki Kaji plays a lot of things super young to me. And I'm very surprised he's Phoenix. Oh, Lord. Because I'll admit, like, when I actually found out that he was um, Ashia in Morose Mononokian, and I listened to the trailer for the Morose Mononokian season two, I was like, get me Aaron Dismuke on the phone right the fuck now. <laughs> and I actually had a hard time watching part four, uh, part five of JoJo's with him as Koichi. Because I thought he made Koichi sound like a little kid. And... I thought Zach Aguilar was a better Koichi. But I don't think... I, I, I like Eric Bill a lot more than I like Yuki Kaji as Phoenix. But man, this is... It's just one of those things where I just felt like... This is Eric Vale. This is Eric Vale. Oh my god, this is Eric Vale. And he has a lot of good moments in it. Again, I don't think it's a bad performance. It's just my own brain not being able to turn off... This is Eric Vale. Because, uh, for some reason, I, God, I tried, I tried, I honest to God gave it a try. I tried to watch How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. Oh no! <sighs> That's a woof. So, I got, I got halfway through the episode before I was like, yep, nope, they're making a really uncomfortable, like, joke that he's, like, sexually assaulting Sarah Wheaton and Sarah Wheaton character. And 
It's not, but they're like, oh, you're getting turned on by he's grabbing a part of her that makes her really uncomfortable when she's at, like, and she's making all the sexy noises. And I was like, nope, that's where I'm out. That's where I hit the eject button. Sounds to me like abort, it's abort. aesthetica of a rogue hero all over again. Ooh. No, apparently, Andrew, Andrew's watching How Not to Summon a Demon Lord because it is probably genuinely funny at times when it's not doing that. Right, right. Um, and parts of the show were really funny, and God, like, Eric Vale playing this dumb loser who gets demon lord powers but it sounded a little bit like phoenix to oh, me when I no. <laughs> oh no so that's what i mean where it's like i cannot separate eric vale from being phoenix but it's not like brian massey where like it's very like ah oh, this is right this is warm and i'm just like yeah that's that's eric vale that sure is eric vale it, it's kind of a little bit like, and, which is weird because I don't have that problem when I like watch my hero. Yeah. When he's Shigaraki, I'm like totally into it. Or uh, if I watch Fruits Basket, I'm totally into it. Which there's another show where Eric Vale plays a nice person, a kind of nice person. Mm -hmm. Or like, I'm trying to think of another recent big name show that's not like my hero. Side in. note, if that Fruits Basket anime reboot gets a fucking dub. <laughs> Funimation, you better fucking get it! I will be so mad if oh, we, mad. We, we don't get a reprisal here. Or no, because I'm staring at it right now, and Chris Wakeup and Eric Vale's characters are very much in a Miles and Phoenix relationship, but reversed. I watched Laughing Under the Clouds, and I could not tell that was Eric Vale. Oh. <laughs> so it's, again, it's not, it's like, it's kind of a little bit like a problem I usually have when I listen to, like, Vic Mignogna and things, where it's like, yeah, that's, that's, that sure is Vic Mignogna. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like that, that, yeah, Vic very that, rarely goes outside of his safe vocal range, but, but when he does, we get things like level E, which is pretty good, but I, or, 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 or Mendoza, or Rage yes. of Bahamut, or, or heck, or Mendoza, or heck, Broly for crying out loud. I do not envy that man's job this month. <laughs> but no, I think it's a good performance. It's not my particular favorite. Um, I was just kind of very okay with it, just because I, I couldn't turn off my brain. That's, yep, that's Eric Vale. Okay. Uh, I'm actually kind of in the middle as well on this one. Um, I do love Eric Vale. He's a great actor. I love him to pieces. Um, Phoenix is... Here's the funniest thing. Phoenix is one of the very few nice guy characters that Eric will play. Because a, good, a decent chunk of characters that Eric Vale normally plays are either the womanizer or the dickbag. <laughs> Half the time. Or the and homicidal then, killer. <laughs> Farad. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, there's another role where I don't hear Eric Vale at all. Yeah. I mean... I mean, similar to Megan, I do hear Eric Vale in it, but it's one of the rare character it's one of those rare character types that we don't hear him play that often. So I it was a it took a little bit for me to get past the oh, it's Eric Vale being Eric Vale and I kinda got I got into it a bit more as I watched the show. And the more I sat and watched it and thought about it, um, Eric I think he brings to Phoenix a lot of a lot of charm to him. There's a lot of heart because Phoenix is trying to do the right thing by his clients on a constant basis. Um, and you see he has very good, he has 
the best of intentions um, when he's defending his clients. And he also has... There are also those humorous moments that Phoenix does have throughout the show. Uh, same can be said for Chris's Miles, too, because despite Miles being pretty straightforward and serious most of the time there are those moments where he does he does break and he's he's like the fuck wendy old bag why didn't you tell me this shit and phoenix is a similar way um i believe the nickname master of the cold sweat was given to phoenix at one point uh by maya and pearl mm -hmm. so i do <coughs> so i do enjoy the I did I do enjoy Eric's performance as Phoenix and it was just very fun and charming, um, but similar to Megan, at least for me when I started out, it did take a little bit of time for me to to get past like oh this is Eric Vale being Eric Vale, and then once I really just got that out of my brain and I sat down and I actually really invested in the show and the character and performance. That was where I really started seeing the kind of performance that Eric was portraying uh, with Phoenix and I enjoyed it a lot. It's not one of my favorite performances. Um, I'd say it's maybe top five at the very least for the show. Uh, but I did enjoy it very, very much. Uh, I believe, if that is the end, we are nearing the end of the trial. The jury is going to deliberate. Um, we need, but first, we need closing arguments. So, Hardy, what are your final thoughts on the season one English dub of Ace Attorney? I have mixed feelings in general. Overall, it is a serviceable and very decent dub there are times to where i do have issues with a few performances but they are few and far between and some of the uh some of the best acting i think are is by the actors or characters that we actually didn't cover um mm -hmm. like some of the more more of the side characters like marcus Stemick as shelly the killer or uh dave trosko as Ki uh, matt, matt ongar yeah. yeah and or who else Aaron was Roberts i Max Aaron Galactica. Ra Max Galactica, of course. That was a fun one. Oh, yeah. Or Jade as uh, Regina and um, Clifford as the, the trapeze guy was pretty good. Oh, Clifford Acro. Acro was great. I loved it. And Sunny Strait as the clown. Oh. Right. Yeah, I mean, there are so many. We could have gone on for hours and hours and hours trying to talk about all the side characters and, and I'm actually me. surprised we're making good time right now. <laughs> oh yeah. And so, yeah, it's, I can there, it, there are some definite strengths to there. There are a few weaknesses. I think if it had been tweaked just a little bit here and there, we would have had something, a really fantastic product, but it, on the whole, uh, my final thought is it is a solid production and is definitely worth checking out. Okay. Megan, your closing arguments for the dub of Ace Attorney. Well, Hardy said we. You said we were making good time, so I'm going to go into my dissertation on how gritty is the greatest thing on the <laughs> Can planet. Can we not? And how there should be a gritty anime and gritty Nendroids. Can we not? Fine. This is a show that I think the show itself suffers from the fact that they just kind of piecemeal together two games into an anime. Yeah, the adaptation of the show itself is not the greatest. It is pretty garbage. Yeah, the animation is crap. Crap. But at least it's not my sister, my writer. Oh, no. Oh. oh, God. Fuck. I can't believe I watched that. <laughs> She's in disbelief right now. Excuse her. <laughs> Fuck the kid that made me do that. Um, But 
I think that the, the as a as a whole cast, especially like Hardy was mentioning some of the people we didn't talk about. Like we didn't get to talk about uh, Sunny Strait as Mo. We didn't get to talk about um, Janelle Lutz as the girl who killed um, Dee Vasquez. Dee Vasquez, like holy shit, she was great. Um, we didn't get to talk about Michaela Krantz as Eenie Miney and Meenie Miney. Oh my god. Um, I'm gonna go smoke a big fat blunt. Um, like we didn't get to talk about a lot of this as an ensemble cast. It is a it's a really solid ensemble cast. Uh, it is not the most sol- solid ensemble cast. I still think right now the most solid ensemble cast in terms of, hey, this is a show with a lot of side characters and a lot of things still goes to Galactic Heroes Die New Face. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, that show's cast is impeccable. Um, I think the writing's really solid. I think, uh, I think it was really good. It's well worth the watch, um... It's well worth the watch, especially if you are a fan of Ace Attorney and at least Ace Attorney's Western adaptations. Um, do obviously be advised if you're attached to the game cast, you're not getting the game cast. But don't think less of these actors because of a situation they couldn't control. Um, they do their own good, amazing, good, good, great, and amazing jobs as their takes on these characters. Yeah, and 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 now I will talk about how gritty. No. Welcome to my oh. TED Talk. Welcome to my TED <laughs> Talk. Welcome to my TED Talk. Let me welcome welcome to my TED Talk about how Gritty is going to save us all. Welcome to my TED Talk where Gritty is going to die in a horrible fire. <laughs> Why would you do that to him? He brings joy to the city of Philadelphia. Like Danny DeVito before. Him. I don't care. I don't care. Have you seen the video where he hangs out with a fanatic? I am a fucking killjoy. All right. Have you seen the video where he plays in snow stuff? You would love him. No He's such like a big furry as... crack addict. There is no such thing in Stephanie's world as fun. <laughs> no such thing as fun in my world. I'm a killjoy, damn it. Stop anyway, having fun. Not what you said about Stop. last Saturday. <laughs> Stop having fun. You're having too much fun. This is why this is why this is why I like going to dad's house. At least dad gets his McDonald's. <laughs> he even bought me a McRib. <laughs> anyway, he bought me a blizzard and they're not even available at McDonald's. <laughs> All mom ever does is take us to Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Steph. Oh anyway, so my my uh closing closing arguments, closing statements on this show. Um so I actually think the dub is really solid as well. Uh it's a fun, definitely a fun comedy dub for me. I had a lot of enjoyment with this. It is, it's, um, it does the very best it can. Because like we were just saying, the anime is not the greatest adaptation of the games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not by a long shot. But the dub does its best uh, to adapt it very, very well. And I, I honestly appreciate how on the directing side directing and writing side they were true and faithful to what the english localization and translation of the game was like and they brought that into the anime so i really appreciate uh the time and effort it took to really make this english dub something for the fans of the game i can appreciate that a lot um 
there are very strong performances. There are some that are decent or okay. Uh, it, overall, it's very solid, and I, I it's solid on the directing and the writing front, and a lot of the casting and performances is very, very strong. Uh, some of which are like, some of which can either be, this is the greatest thing in the world, this person is the perfect fit for this, and some can also be like, this is this this is bullshit. I call bullshit. This is not this person. AKA Anastasia Munoz. Uh, <laughs> but um but yeah, overall this is a very solid dub for a okay show in general. <laughs> not gonna lie. Uh, like mm. Megan was saying, if you're a fan of the uh, Ace Attorney games, uh, if you go and don't expect a full fleshed out uh, adaptation of the of the games. You're not going to get like, that. It's like putting really fancy Dijon mustard on a bologna and cheese sandwich with white yes. bread. Yes. Mm -hmm. We'll go with that analogy. Yeah. Um, but overall, in, in terms of the dub, it does what it can to make it into something really fun and really fun and I think pretty special. Um, so with that being said, it the jury's ver the verdict is in. And it mm -hmm. sounds like the three of us liked the show, so that's great. Like we like this dub a lot, so that's mm -hmm. great. Um, but as we as we begin to adjourn this trial in this courtroom for the day, uh, just to let you know, if you are interested in watching the season one English dub of Ace Attorney, as of recording this episode today, November fifteenth, it is currently available on Funimation now. However, uh, uh, however, eventually, eventually, it has been confirmed that eventually it will move over to Crunchyroll in the near future. How near in the future that will be, we do not know. At the By the time this episode gets released, it could already be over there, or it could still be on Funimation now as of right now. We do not know. Uh, but as of the date of recording this episode, the 15th of November, it is still currently available on Funimation now. Uh, the Japanese version in general is available on Crunchyroll if you want to watch the show in Japanese. Uh, and the second season of the show, because uh, again, it's actually currently airing right now. Uh, the airs on Tuesday. Yes. The Japanese, the Japanese version of the second season is on Crunchyroll as well, uh, while the simul dub is currently uh, on Funimation. And if you want to watch either version, uh, you can do both Funimation and Crunchyroll have premium subscription services uh, and free trials for them. If you are interested in that, bear in mind, of course, that you will need to input your credit card information if you sign up for the free trial. And if you do not want to keep the services, you'll have to cancel immediately after. Uh, the only reason why I definitely bring this up, it's not required uh, on Crunchyroll to for a subscription service to watch season one of the show. Um, but it will be required if you want to be up to date with the second season uh, because of the one week delay for subscribers. And then you're in, and, as and then Funimation, you're just going to need a subscription in general to even watch the dub period. Um, but you can also buy it on home video. Yes. What as of right now, it's in two parts. Come February of 2019, you will be able to buy season one as a complete collection. Which I'm going to make sure I try and do, because <laughs> I don't have it yet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's about it. If you're interested in anything that we do here at Dub Talk, uh, the best and easiest way to, to follow anything that we do is, of course, you're here on YouTube right now. Hit the little subscribe button down there uh, to follow all of our shenanigans. We usually try to post episodes once a week, sometimes two, depending on two times a week, sometimes 
depending on what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitch account, all at DubTuck Podcast. And hey, if you like what we do here and you want to support us, we do have a coffee account if you want to buy us a coffee uh, to help support the show. Um, and if you do, or whether you do or you don't, we appreciate your support either way. Um, as for anything that the three of us goobers do on the internets, uh, plug yourselves. Hardy, go first. Yes, uh, you can follow me on the Twitters at Spaceman Hardy, where I post a lot of random stuff and general nonsense. Uh, you can also find me as a forum moderator over on Funimation's forums and on their Discord. So check me out there. Megan, Happiness is not guaranteed. God damn it. Megan, plug yourself. You can find me at Queener 2. I shitpost. I also hang out on the Funimation forums. My name is Stephanie. You can follow me on tw Twitter at Lilac Anime Review with review being spelled R-E-V-U-E. I also have a blog up now. Uh, if you want to check out a mix of stories and anime related things and personal stuff and just general mismatch of things. I'm just slowly getting back into writing again. Um, you can check it out at uh, lifeandtimesotaku.wordpress.com uh, I believe that is it for the evening. Is that correct? I don't think we have anything else. That's yes. correct, Your Honor. Let's go. Alright. So, if that is the case, this court is now adjourned. Uh, Burgers! Have a good night, Burgers. <laughs> Burger time! <Yeah. laughs> Alright. For me, it's boneless right. wings. Alright. Court is now adjourned. You can all go on your merry little way. Get out of my fucking courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> on that. But what am I gonna... Come on, Gritty. We're gonna go get some burgers. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, Otaku, all my friends. Let Gritty into your arms. Let him in. Stop it. If you love him, let him in. No. <laughs> Gritty can die in a fire. Let Gritty into your heart. He can die in a fire. Can she sell it like a